0: Charm Diamond Centers.
1: Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a
2: lot of weight. Has to save 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm
0: Diamond Centers.
2: Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love.
0: Charm Diamond Centers.
2: 0% interest financing, trade up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to
1: sound like Charm Diamond Centers.
0: Wow, that was really good.
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on blue Nile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with
0: your pick of diamond and lab grown diamond bands, all hand finished and graded for excellence or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life. Like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Niles jewelry experts are available 24 seven to help from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. At this stage in my life, I don't invest in green bananas. What, What the hell was Ken Holland talking about? Let's get into it with the lead. That Ken Holland press conference was. That Ken Holland Press conference was something. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day, live from the OG Sports Closet studio. Look at this brand new Mitchell and Ness gear they got. They got the lid too. Get geared up for summer. You can still rep the Oilers in the summer. Do it by visiting our friends at the sports closet. We are live, as always, on the Oilers Nation YouTube, as we will be. Every single day leading up to free agency, our boy Sergeant Battle is in with the first comment of the day. A peak off-season comment, Yamamoto to the Canes for a fourth. It's the off-season, baby. Love the comment. Love everyone chiming in on the Oilers Nation YouTube. Drop a like while you're in there. Uh, Ken Holland out here making banana jokes Uh is... Does that mean he's close to hiring our pal Liam Horbin? Liam, how much you been? Did you give the Ken Hall on that one? Did you slide it to him for the press conference? Like, hey, Kenny, the crowd's going to love this.
2: Yeah, me and Uncle Ken chat all the time about bananas, and he, he was going through it in the playoffs, too. But it was it was a nice one, a little unexpected. I didn't see it coming in this press conference. But he did say he needs a new Ontario scout. So may, maybe, maybe I'm in.
0: <laughs> okay but okay, there's a lot of like serious stuff to get to one him just saying that the oilers didn't have an ontario scope before steve stales what were Is this why they took borgo one pick before wyatt johnston <laughs> yeah
2: there's a lot there's a lot of layers to this it is kind of weird the oilers wouldn't have a scout in the biggest province in the country but hey like how many good hockey players come out of ontario anyway
0: Well, like, that'd be like if I got pulled over by the police and I was like, hey, my license is good now, but for two years I was driving without one. Why would you admit to it? Just don't admit to it. What a weird oversight by this organization. Um, We'll get into the serious stuff, but the quote I was referencing off the jump, Ken Holland was asked about his future with the team, his future uh, as GM, and he said, quote, I've got a year left on my contract, and for me, it's unfinished business. Beyond that, at this stage in my life, I don't invest in green bananas. I'm not sure if I'm going to be around long enough to see them ripen to be yellow. <laughs> he then added that that was a joke. None of that makes sense to me, but all right. Um I I don't know what he's getting at here. I thought maybe he was referencing like the building of the team like he he's not going to like get attached to prospects or picks or something like that, but it feels like he's just Referencing the fact he's not gonna sign a contract extension, which we kind of knew. I don't know. I, I actually didn't think it was odd that he came out and and spoke about Steve Steos the way he did. He talked about how Steos came on board this year, did player development, Ontario Scouting, and then he said, I think Steve should do more of the things that an assistant general manager does. Remember this past season, his official title was special assistant to the GM, I believe. Um, he basically kind of said he plans on seeing his contract through. I still think that could mean he slides up to Poho. They move the GM title to Steve Stales because, again, they don't want to lose him. But after listening to Ken Holland talk, I'm a little bit less convinced that this thing thing's going to happen in the next week.
2: Yeah when that question was asked i i was very curious the response and but he, he didn't really like brush it away did he like he, he fully answered the question and what the yeah. future looks like for his organization right now it kind of leads you to believe that maybe this is the path they're going to take and steve stales will take some bigger role i suppose but not fully as general manager just yet but to me it does seem like the organization does want steve stales to be the general manager one day but maybe not quite as soon as we think it would be. And um, you know what? Maybe another year under Ken Holland and working with Brad Holland and I guess Paul Coffey as well is something that could help Steve Stales. Once
0: we figure out what Paul Coffey does around here, Liam, <laughs> we're, we're going to be on to something. Uh, yeah, Ken Holland was asked by Ryan Rashog, as you saw on your screen there, if he plans on keeping his hands on the wheel as GM. And he said yes. But then the interesting part about this, he was asked about plans for succession. He indicated... He hadn't gone too far down that path yet, and and I think that's probably even more telling than the quote above it of yes. And the reason I say that is because I'm now being led. What what I'm reading from between the lines of that quote is he hasn't thought about succession. Okay, so what'll happen? I believe in the next week or so is it'll be Ken. Are you going to be the GM here longer than a year? We believe that answer's probably going to be no, and they're going to say okay if you're not going to sign this contract extension you know even if there isn't one like officially offered then ken we need to start planning for who's going to be our gm two years from now it's going to be steve if we don't name him gm now he's going to go be the gm somewhere else so you got to play ball here i i still think we will see steve stales be the gm of this team at some point in the next few months here it's just the reporting all lines up that way and it's not just frank either darren drager was on tsn 1260. And said the same thing. It makes sense. I believe Steve Stais will be the next GM. I believe Ken Holland will still be here for one more year, but he may not officially have that GM designation. Or maybe it's a situation where Holland stays on as GM, Stales gets the pay bump, gets the assistant GM title, but like the deal's already signed, where for the next four years he makes X amount of dollars, and he knows that starting twelve months from now he's the GM. Like I just, it's happening. I. No other way to put
2: it. Yeah, uh, it's kind of an idea that ran through my head as well, and it just seems like it's a, something that's inevitable, and it's just kind of a timeline on when it's actually going to go down and happen. But Ken Holland really, really rattled a lot, rattled off a lot of things that Steve Stais has accomplished in his career, and gave me some reassurance mm-hmm. that he isn't just a guy who played for the Edmonton Oilers, giving him that role right just because yep. of that he also did mention that which was kind of funny but he he did indicate like the success he's had he's been around the Toronto Maple Leafs for a while he basically said exactly what he did last season with the team aside from the Ontario stuff he helped with the player development and I think the others saw good strides in a lot of players development last season too under the leadership of and direction of Steve Stales so yeah I, I think this is it's a matter of when right
0: mm. Uh, Let's go to the chat here, Christopher Palmer with a good one. I'm devastated, you're devastated, we're devastated. He said the word devastated like 40 times in that press conference as well. And I think it does speak again. He he also used the word unfinished business. Like He wants to see this thing through. Ken Holland's not walking away in the next month and totally leaving this organization. And he recognizes that they're close. And I think that right there is, is an encouraging combination if you're hoping for the Oilers to continue to try to improve this team this offseason. The cap will be tough. We'll talk about that in a little bit with our Sherwood Ford giant offseason question. It's not going to be easy, but that combination of really taking the loss hard and wanting to stick around for the last year of his deal and see this thing through, unfinished business, I think Ken Allen's going to be a very active GM this offseason, Liam
2: yeah he made it seem like he he, he said a couple of times that i've got some difficult decisions i'm gonna to have to make this summer which i i don't necessarily think there's gonna be anyone crazy that's going out the door i think that kind of indicates yeah. a guy maybe like yamamoto and i think when they say it's difficult it's because Yamo yeah, is such a big part of this room and pe- and people love him and quite frankly i think we love him right like he's just a really good pl- he's a good player when he's on his role and we spoke yep. about it yesterday like He's had a difficult season with his injuries, but yeah, by the sounds of it, like Ken Holland isn't going to be afraid to to pull the trigger on some moves this summer and, and try and get this team to the next level. But I think the core is intact.
0: Yeah, uh, hitting up the chat here. We'll get to our uh, get to our Sherwood Ford Giant offseason question here in just a second. Dave Lunn, does Keith Gretzky leave if they hire Stairs as gym I don't think so. I don't think Keith Gretzky is a guy who's like right there like like one break away from getting a gm job anywhere it sounds like he likes his role here so i i wouldn't expect that to happen um Palli says, I want Holland again next year. Thank you. He knows Steos's limits. And, and again, I think that's part of the transition is that Holland will still be here even if Steos is the GM. Holland just keeps his poho role. Um, Tyler Mulich is in. Our boy says, Ken Holland, massive Liam fan. How could you not be? Uh, Time on says, in your opinion, are the Eric Carlson sweepstakes still an option? No, they're not. Listen, even if San Jose wants to retain this guy down to 7 million bucks, how are the Oilers going to afford that? And why do the Oilers want to afford that? You have Evan Bouchard to run your power play. You need someone on that right side who's a really, really good defender. That's the big need on the right side. If you go get Eric Carlson, okay, you need to also convince them to take Cody Cc and Kyler Yamamoto at that point. And then you're bringing in seven million dollars of salary with one piece while moving out two. So you got to fill those roster spots. I I, I don't want to like. I'll put a percentage on it. There is a 0.5% chance the Oilers are in on the Eric Carlson sweepstakes this summer, Liam.
2: Yeah, and uh, I think my sweepstakes in it are lower than that. I just, It seems so unnecessary to go out and trade everything for an Eric Carlson when you saw what Evan Bouchard could do. So you're just taking way minutes away from... The your future of the blue line for a guy is what now, 32, 33? And you you really don't know what you're going to get from Eric Carlson next season. You might get another 100-point season or you might get the the 60-point season, whatever it was the year before, like the downgrade essentially is what I'm saying. So I, I wouldn't waste my time looking at Eric Carlson. I think there's bigger areas this team needs to fill.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. They they have bigger fish to fry. Uh, a lot of you asking about Arizona. We'll talk to that in just a second. Uh, both Mistaken Mexican and Sergeant Battle said you need to bring back Derek Ryan next year. I think they will. Okay, More on that in a bit, Liam. The people want us to talk about Arizona Coyotes relocation. So let's dig into Arizona mm-hmm. Coyotes relocation. Yesterday, we got the news that the city of Tempe, their mail-in ballots and all of that, they rejected the proposal. So, Arizona's not, the Coyotes organization is not getting their new rink in Tempe, the new entertainment district that they wanted. Here's the quote from Commissioner Gary Bettman, and I think this is very telling. He says The NHL is terribly disappointed by the results of the public referendum regarding the Coyotes Arena project in Tempe. We are going to review with the Coyotes what the options might be going forward. Did not reference anything about staying in Arizona. Think of every other statement we've gotten during this saga versus, or for anything that's happened with this organization. It's almost always ended with something like the NHL is committed to hockey in Arizona. The NHL is committed to the Arizona market. We didn't get that. And that's not a coincidence to me. I think this organization mm-hmm. is done in Arizona. We had, as someone pointed out in the chat, Aaron or uh, Clayton Keller's dad saying that you know players might not report. Clayton Keller's not going back. I mean, it's all very telling. This team is not going to be in Arizona 24 months from now. They might mm-hmm. still be there next year. I think that would be a massive mistake. I, don't, I honestly don't see how you can go back there next year, Liam. You look at the Oakland A's right now. They had like an, an announced attendance of 2,000 people at their last game. That's because, sorry, I'll keep going here for a second. And and that's because (laughs) they announced they're going to Vegas, but they got to play out a year or so. So the fan base gives up on you. You think people are going to go to Tempe and that ASU arena, which was fun for a year, would have been fun for two years. You think fans are going to go there knowing damn well the team's leaving at the end of the year? The NHL has two options. You can go to Phoenix Suns ownership and you can say, let's renovate or let's partner on a new arena for both of us. And maybe the new owner with the Phoenix Suns—I forget his name—maybe he's more open to that than the previous regime. Maybe they can make some sort of a joint thing and get a new arena downtown areas or downtown Phoenix. Option two is they gotta go, man. They gotta go, Liam.
2: Yeah, it's uh, this does kind of feel like the last the last straw for them. I mean. What more could they do they're literally people are going out and voting no against him and i i could be wrong on this but i was reading on twitter last night the vote was between a new landfill or a new hockey arena in, in Tempe. so if people are voting for a new landfill over a new hockey arena i think that really is a great conclusion to this old coyote saga in arizona and phoenix but yeah i mean for for the fans that are obviously down there and have supported this team they do have they do have a few it's it's disappointing for them and you do wish like it kind of did work out. You don't really like to see teams re- relocate, but it's time for this to happen. Like it, enough is enough, Gary Bettman, like you've moved on from other franchises that clearly work and just to try and build it up down here. And I'm curious where it will be. Like, I know Houston's obviously the, the big market that people kind of want to hit. And it seems like an easy one to do, but I know there's other names thrown out there too, by like <laughs> Salt Lake, which our boy Rusty would be very, very happy about, I believe. So We'll see. I think Houston's the best destination for them, though.
0: It's Salt Lake City makes sense. Kansas City would make sense because they have an arena district that does really, really well. Um, Those two, there's tiers for me. Those two are in the middle tier of the good fallback options for the league Salt Lake City and I know Sacramento's been thrown in there, but like, no, I don't think they're going to Sacramento. Salt Lake City and Kansas City make sense. The third tier, which is absolute pipe dream, stop talking about it, is Quebec City. This team's not moving to Quebec City. There's not going to be another Canadian team. And, I, and people are going to be like, oh, it's because Gary doesn't want him there. No, it's because it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, they'll sell tickets, but the TV market, the corporate money behind it, it's nowhere near the same, man. So it's not going to, it's not going to Quebec City. The top tier, it's Houston. Listen, the Frittatas, Tillman Frittata, I think is his name, the owner of the Rockets. He's been vocal about wanting a team. They've met with the NHL before. They have an arena they can slide him into. It's a natural uh, fit with the Central Division, putting him next to the Dallas Stars. You'd have that built-in rivalry. Ryan Sharp says it, and I 100% agree. The Houston Arrows, baby, like that, they're back or they exist in an NHL form. <laughs> like Houston makes a, it makes all the sense in the world. It, it's. It's a no-brainer.
2: Is there? I gotta. I'm just gonna throw this curveball at you, Tyler. Is there one team that is no longer in the NHL anymore that you would like to see, hypothetically, Arizona return to? One city. No, I I think.
0: I think Atlanta. You've tried it. You failed it twice. It's not happening, in Atlanta. Um, Quebec City, like I said, I don't think another Canadian team makes sense. Uh, So who else even is there? Again, Kansas City there's, and the scouts. I know they have an arena, the, so
2: that mm-hmm. there was the the Golden Seals too, which it wasn't. They were in San Francisco. Like I just don't know if that area needs another team. Like they they do have the Sharks already, which is only like an hour away. So I don't think that's you need all it to is, do yeah. It. Like, yeah, like I I think it I think it's good to experiment in a, in a new fresh market like they did for Vegas and Seattle and. By the looks of it so far, both of them are working very, very well right off the bat. So I think right now, like the way, just not even the NHL, but all these major sports are now like moving around and expanding and even like the MLS too. like team cities want these, these teams to come and they want to support them. And so I think, yeah, I think Houston would be a a nice little spot there.
0: Someone said Cleveland. No, Jordan Reese said Portland. No, you just went to Seattle. You're not going to Portland. It's Houston. It's Houston. They have the big TV market, decent sports town, obviously, with the Astros and the Rockets. It makes sense. Uh, Tyler Mulich says, I think with the expansion team success, most new owners probably want an expansion team, not a legacy team. I can mm. totally understand that. You know, I think you, you build up a better fan base when you start from scratch. We saw that in Vegas. Also, if the NHL is going to go to, again, that Rockets owner and just say, hey, we're not expanding for the next 10 years. You can have this team right now. He probably takes the team right now. But, right? Like, the, I don't think the NHL is close to going to 34 teams in the next five years or something like that. They're, the league isn't ready for that. So, if you go to him and say, hey, you can have this team right now, probably jumps on it. It's a team that, you know, if they want to start utilizing LTIR, would have a relatively low payroll and a ton of room to spend on free agents and acquire players. And they have a ton of draft picks. Like, if you had an owner who was serious about building a contender, I mean that Coyotes roster could be turned around relatively quickly.
2: They they have a lot of good players and they have a lot of good players coming through too like they've got the goaltender in Vermelka like defensively I guess it needs to get a little bit better obviously but like when you have a guy like Clayton Keller to try and build around like Clayton Keller is a, a very very good hockey player who doesn't get enough recognition and then yep. also just to talk about the prospects like Dylan Holloway, Logan Cooley whoever they get this year with a six overall pick, it might be Mishkov, right? Like the talent Gunther, is there for Arizona. What did I call him? Oh, Dylan Gunther. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> the talent's there uh, overall yeah. to, for this to kind of be a quickish turnaround and become a successful team yep. in Houston. And you know what? Maybe they get that new new city bump where the players kind of rise a little bit and then you, you maybe sneak into the eighth spot in the Western Conference and go on a little bit of a run.
0: Yeah, and listen, Fighting Amish says it. Friedman thinks talking to the Suns is a legitimate option. And I do think it is. I, I think that is something that could happen or at least push this thing a year down the road. They're going to say, hey, we're giving it one more year to try to work something out with the Suns. The NHL will do the whole, we're committed mm-hmm. to hockey in the desert, blah, 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 blah. And they'll try for a year. I, so, so, yeah.
2: <clears throat> that that facility, though, does need a bit of an upgrade as well. but at least it's standing right at least it exists and they can go into that building and play tomorrow but they i was there right before the pandemic went down and just kind of saw it like they were doing stuff to the outside of it so i think renovations are in progress but there's there's a lot to do but it is it is there and they can go today if there's an agreement to it if you're looking for plump lips
1: that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers
0: Okay, let's get into the Oilers talk for today. It's our Sherwood Ford giant offseason question. Big shout out to our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant. And this question, Liam, is how many of the Oilers forwards will be back next season? So of that group of 12 that played the final playoff game against Mm. Vegas, how many of them will be back? So I'll, I'll break this down a little bit to start. There's the locks. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Nuge, and Evander Kane. Those five are coming back. I know you could be upset, and I am, with how Nuge, Kane, and Hyman played in the postseason, but those three guys make $5.5 or less. You're not replacing their production and their contributions for less than that, so they're locks. They are back. You have your RFAs, which are McLeod and Clem uh, Coston. I think Ryan McLeod is a lock. I think Clem Costin's not a lock. Mm-hmm. I could see him being like, hey... You guys played me eight minutes a game in the playoffs and down the stretch. Why would I sign here? I want to go somewhere where I'm going to get a chance to play more minutes. I also think he, he, he liked Edmonton and he's an RFA, so he doesn't have a ton of say. If the Oilers give him a qualifying offer, he might just have to come back. So I think there is a good chance Klim Kost in back. I think McLeod's a lock. The first five I named are a lock, so you're at seven. I think one of Yamamoto or Fogo will be back. The decision is interesting. Both are wildly inconsistent regular season players. Fogel's had one bad playoff run and one really good playoff run. Yamamoto's had two quiet playoff runs. Now you could say he's hurt, whatever. I get that. He has been banged up. I think the injuries took a big toll on him. Yamamoto's younger. Yamamoto's the only one with a 20-goal season under his belt. But Yamamoto's a bit more expensive. Yamamoto doesn't bring the physical intangibles that other GMs might like in a guy like Fogel. I think at the end of the day, Yamamoto's upside is still bigger. Yamamoto's trade value is higher. And the Oilers really aren't in a spot for a second straight offseason where they could pay a team to take an asset from them. If someone wants to come give you a third round pick, if a GM calls Ken Holland, calls him up, Kenny, I'll give you a third round pick for one of Fogle or Yamamoto you choose. I'm torn on which one you would pick, but I think you give up Yamamoto just because he's more expensive. and. I think Fogel's a better bottom six guy, and that's what you're looking for. Liam, which one would you pick?
2: Uh, I didn't hear the question. I was tuned out, Tyler. my Ah,
0: That's okay. (laughs) If a GM called and said, I'm giving you a third-round pick for one of Fogel or Yamamoto, which one do you give up in the deal?
2: Uh, Yamamoto. I think think Fogel, honestly... For me, it comes down to a bit of size, and Fogel has, has that, right? Like They're very similar players in a lot of regards, but I think Fogel just brings that. I think he can have he has a bit more of an offensive upside. He has the penalty kill potential too, I suppose, and he had a report yesterday that he had been injured since February, which I thought was quite ironic because I feel like he got much better after the trade deadline and into the playoffs. But, yeah, I think Fogel, I think I would keep Fogel over Yamo right now.
0: And listen, Dave said this in the chat. Mike Durst is in with it as well. The injury concerns are part of it. Listen, Kyler Kamamoto is a great guy. He fits in well in that room. I loved him as a prospect. When he first came to the team, I thought he was a breath of fresh air in that top six because of the tenacity he played with. It's the injuries with me and it's the injuries and he's more expensive. I, I think you can rely a little bit more on a guy like Warren Fogle next year to just play 82 games and play hard for you. He'll be heading into a contract year, which I know Yamamoto would as well, but I think you could expect a bit more consistency out of Fogel because he's playing for his NHL life next year. So I think I would give up Yamamoto and keep Fogel. Okay, so now we got the five locks, the two RFAs and the one contract we're keeping in Warren Fogle. You're up to eight. So now we're on to the UFAs. I don't think Matthias Janmark signing another contract in Edmonton. I think he's going to go somewhere else. I don't think Edmonton will offer him 1.25 million again. I think another team could offer him a million bucks. It'll be a team in a warm climate and he'll go there. Uh, I think Derek Ryan will be back. He told Bob Stoffer yesterday he wants to end his career as an oiler. He wants to be in Edmonton. And I would call him up if I'm Ken Holland and I would say, hey, Derek, you want to be here? We want to have you back. How's 850K sound? How's 900K sound? And if Derek Ryan wants to play in the NHL next year, that's probably his only option is to take a 900K deal. So I think Derek Ryan will be back. I don't think Mark will be back. Devin Shore, I would be like, hey man, do you want to be a good role guy down in Bakersfield? You might get some NHL looks next year. Here's a two-way deal worth. 250K in Bako, 850K in the NHL. Well, You're welcome back if you want. I think he might take that, keep him in the organization, have him around for training camp as a black ace, all that stuff, sure. Nick Bukestad's a tough one for me, Liam. Uh, It's a guy who played 90 games between the regular season and the playoffs and scored 20 goals. He's a centerman, he's a big body. He doesn't play overly physical or tough, but he can kill penalties, win draws, right shot. I'd like him back. I wonder if he gets $2 million somewhere else. And I think if he's more than like 1.75, I don't know if you can afford them. What do you think?
2: Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the debate I was having within myself as well. Is like Nick Buke said, would be the one guy I would like to see return out of the out of most of the free agents, to be honest. And I think one thing that maybe benefits his contract in all of this and the Oilers wanting him to stay is like. There isn't really a lot of guys who are better than him available in free agency. Like the class isn't great this year for what the position the Oilers would want to want to improve on. So I think maybe bringing a guy back that you're familiar with already, like in a Nick Bukesten. Like you said, he had 20 goals this season. Like who really knows what he'll be next season? But as long as the Oilers don't overpay, and yeah, I like that 1.7 range for him too. Like I think that's a good little market. And then the Oilers bottom six sentiment would be Ryan McLeod and Nick Bukestad. I think is a really good duo to have.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, if you were to go Ryan McLeod, Bukestad down the middle, you'd have Ryan and or Derek Ryan. That is in and Costin and Fogle, potentially as three of your bottom six guys, you graduate Dylan Holloway and boom. So out of that group of 12, if we could just flash that up again, AB, I think I'm putting an X over Yanmark and X over Yamamoto. So 10 of the 12, I think could be back next year. But Bukestad, I I think he might have priced himself out of here. So I'll say nine. I think nine is the number I land on. Just because I think there's like a 25% chance Costin isn't back. And there's like a 50% chance Bukestad isn't back. So factoring in one of those guys maybe leaving, it could be 10. I think it'll be nine. What's your final answer, Liam?
2: I, I wish I could mix up the show a little bit, Tyler, but yeah. I, we're thinking on the same level right now It's I'm at nine as well. It just seems like the most guys are locked in, right? There's a very few conversations to actually have about people. Derek Ryan, I think the only way he is an anoyler is if he retires.
0: Christopher Palmer, no yammo, no Yanmark. Yep. I think so. Zachary Davis says, please stay clean. Daniel wants him to bring back cost. And I, I think everyone definitely does. And, so, Davin said, Was Klim playing or Klim was definitely playing hurt? Yeah, I think I believe he had a broken toe. So, um, mm-hmm. that's where I think they're at. I think Cawson should be back, should be back. Um, Sergeant Battle bring in Connor Brown and Jesper fast on the right wing, then find a right D. I like both those names. Uh, I think they're both solid options. Quincy said, Yammo to Chicago for tapes. Caves is an unrestricted free agent, so don't need to trade anything for him. Uh, GSM, Josh Anderson would be a good fit with the Oilers. Big in speed. Yeah, big, has speed, makes way too much money, is wildly inconsistent, is injured all the time, and I, I don't want anything to do. They could offer me Josh Anderson for free, and I would say no. Um, someone said <laughs> Bukestad told Bob he'd like to stay. Yeah, I mean, what do you want him to say? He's being asked on an Edmonton radio show by an Edmonton Oilers employee, and again, I love Bob. I love Bob's show, but like he's being asked on an Edmonton radio show if he wants to stay in Edmonton. What do you think he's going to say? Come out and be like, "No, I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> All good."
2: <laughs> I kind of addressed it when Nick Bukestad, when we talk about Nick, you said like this class I find for the bottom end players isn't very great. The class overall isn't fantastic, so. I'm going to throw some names at me, Tyler, and there's kind of names that have been just linked with the Oilers or just guys who I think maybe could work. So just say yes or no. You can give a reason if you want. So I'm going to start with Cinnamon. Okay. Now, this one is because he used to play for Detroit. Luke Ah,
0: If he's under a mill and you want him to be your extra forward, sure. But I'm not paying anything significant.
2: Yep. Okay. So this one's a little bit better. Lars Eller.
0: I had him listed on my article that's up right now at OilersNation.com. I think, you know, let's say there's a world where Bukestad gets two mil from some team and you're like, whoa, I'm good. We wanted to spend one point five on our guy. Maybe Lars Eller can be your one point five million dollar guy if the price is right.
2: Now, this is a guy who can kind of play on the right wing too, Anderson at Nola Chari.
0: Yeah, I I don't hate him. I I think, again, if you're looking for guys who can bring some intensity and some jam to this bottom six, Achari is a decent fit. I like that name.
2: Okay, so those are the sentiment out of the way. There really wasn't much of a group there. So on the right wing, it's a little bit better. So we'll start with the top one. I know your answer for this, but I want to throw it out there. Connor Brown.
0: I have the contract written right here. We're good to go.
2: Okay, sweet. Jesper Fast. You did just mention his name, so...
0: Yeah, Sergeant Battle brought him up. Liz, that's a guy who can give you some scoring. I think he kills penalties. Don't quote me on that, but I believe he's a PK guy. Um, so I like Jesper Fast.
2: Okay, so now these next two guys are guys who have been linked a little bit in the past. I got a feeling I know the answer for both. Corey Perry.
0: I don't know why he'd sign here. I think he stays in Tampa or he retires. Do
2: you think he'll, you think he'll stay? He is 38 yeah. now, which is which yeah. is wild. Uh, this one I don't really like, but it was a name the Oilers were linked to of last year, and I think if the money was a little bit better, you might have become an oiler. Ryan Reeves. Do you think the Oilers need that toughness still? I don't. I'm not no. sure if they do.
0: No, Cleem's a better player, so why wouldn't you just bring back Cleem?
2: Yeah. That's fair. That's all my. That's all of them, Tyler. That's all I got for you this week.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I. think there's a couple interesting ones in there. Was there one that I thought of? Oh, I. I thought of Gustav Nyquist maybe as a buy low guy. Yes. Like a Yanmark esque edition. Yeah. He maybe gets a little bit more than that. Maybe not. I don't know. Um. Tyler Mulek says Michael Bunting, you're an Edmonton Oiler. He's way. Too, he'll be way too expensive for the Oilers. I think. Uh. Mulek asked us if we have any interest in Eric Halla. I do, and <laughs> I thought about him. Mm-hmm. But I think Holla might have priced himself out of the market. I think the Devils might give him like two and a half to three mil. And I'd, I'd pay that. But I think the Oilers are shopping a little bit lower. Ravina says, I like Reeves. I, I just, and I think Christopher Palmer actually nailed it with his comment. I don't think there's a fit here. Um, and, and I think Reeves is largely useless when he's not fighting. So I'm fine passing on him. Mulek asked about Zucker. Yeah. I have time for Zucker if the contract's right. If it's like a one-year he wants to bounce back next to McDavid or Dreisaitl, I could see it, but I'm not going too aggressive for him. Some questions about the D-men. We'll save that for another day. we got a lot of off-season shows we got to get through here, folks. So uh, we'll park it on uh, the (laughs) defensive talk. And uh, we'll get to our player grades today, Liam, which are every day we're going to be grading a different Euler based on how they did in the regular season and in the playoffs. And it's brought to you by our friends at Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. So shout out to Star Mechanical. Liam, yeah, they got 24-7 emergency service. They're legit. Number one plumbing and heating mm-hmm. company, Edmonton. Evan Bouchard, we're going to go in order of jersey numbers here. So we're starting with number two, Bomb. In the regular season, he played 82 games. He scored 40 points. My regular season grade is b minus. I think up until February, we were more in the C-plus range, C-minus, C even, just in that in that C range. But then he was unreal down the stretch. So the final 20 games really boosted up his grade for me. Regular season as a whole, B-minus. Playoff grade, A-minus. I'm not going as high as A-plus because he had some struggles defensively still, and he's a defenseman, right? So you got to grade him a little bit tougher on that side of the game. So I go a minus for a playoff grade. And my chance of Evan Bouchard returning next year is 90%. Some of you might say that's really low. And I kind of, I did go a little low. I think maybe something like 95% is probably what I should have done. Cause there's, there's probably a less than 10% chance they trade him, But I do think there is a chance that if they don't come to agreement on a contract, they have to sit there and be like, Oh boy, we got to move this guy. That should be higher. I should have done 95. I'm sorry. I should have done 95 on the chance of returning. It is higher than 90. Um but Liam what do you make of my grades? Do you agree with them? Would you have changed any of these three answers?
2: Um I the only one then you just address it like the, I would have probably gone to 95% because the idea of trading him I think would be very much lost result for the Oilers and if he does get offered an offer sheet then the Oilers I think'll match it really no matter what to be honest and then just try and figure it out from there. Um but yeah, I think that's fair on the a regular season. I mean, the first half of the year was was not, not great for Evan Bouchard. Nope. I mean, Jay had him gone in, in November, right? So we gotta we gotta consider that in these grades. And then playoffs, yeah. The the game, was it game three? The others got spanked by Vegas five one or whatever it was. That one really stands out to me as like a bad defensive game from Evan Bouchard. So I think they're all fair. Maybe actually I would upgrade to play a great Playoff grade to an A just because of his impact on the power play, and he was the highest scoring defenseman in the playoffs. So, but yeah, I, all in all, I think it's fairly accurate for what Evan Bouchard did this season with this team.
0: Yeah, and, and I do think like Tyler Mulick said it, whoa, only 90. Just because I think that contract's gonna be hard to negotiate, but it should have been higher. I should have had that at like 95, 96%. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's uh that's how we grade up Evan Bouchard. Let's see what you have to say. Christopher Palmer, he doesn't have Arbrights. It's a great point. That's why we could see a really short-term deal. I want them to find middle ground. I want them to go like 5 by 5 or 4 by 4 or something like that. Something where we get a few years out of this and you have some cost certainty in going into seasons where the cap is going to go up. Uh, Rusty says he agrees with a B- minus in the regular season, but his playoff run is a straight-up A for me. I'm so excited to see what Ekholm and Bouchard do after a whole year as a pairing. Jogola, Matthew Jogela says, you have to keep Bouchard. Yeah, you do, 100%. Like, I'm not trading the guy. There are very few mm-hmm. defensemen I would trade for him when you consider the age and the contract and things like that. Um, Spiced Oil, 90%. Did Jay make this graphic? Uh, actually, yeah, sure. <laughs> let's blame Jay. Jay was on graphics today. Sorry. Um, Ryan Sharp, if they had to trade Bouchard, I would say trade him for Barry and Schaefer. Can you imagine what Ekholm could do for Barry? That's, that's a great line. Uh, Tyler Mulek says he goes with an A for him. Pretty much played to pretty much exactly what we needed once Barry got traded. And I uh, think that's a fair one. Ryan Sharp was harder on him, said Bouchard C-plus over the whole season. Um, I, no, I think that's too harsh. I think he was so good down the stretch when he got put in the proper role. And remember, when he was struggling early in the year, who was the guy playing with? He was playing with like Philip Broberg on a lot of nights. He was trying to carry a pairing and he's not ready to carry a pairing. I also think he gets a ton of value for staying healthy and playing all 82 games as well. So B minus I think is a good spot here. Stealth Legends gave him a C for the regular season. The last 20 games, he was an, he was an unbelievable defenseman for this team. He was A plus in the final 20 games. So I think that's really got to boost his grade. Again, I didn't go B plus or B. It is B minus, but I think he belongs in that B range.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think the lowest I would go was a C plus, just because of the first half of the season. But the back half, those past, what was it, 22, 23 games, whatever, just yeah. he was unbelievable. And I think that's gotta be mm-hmm. credit. He was in the, the top ten for most categories as as a defenseman offensively. I think his defensive work for the majority of the season was decent. What plagued him in the first half was he couldn't quite frankly couldn't score a kind of a or anything, could he? Like he was struggling mm-hmm. big time, but it all worked out for him in the end. And next season, I think this guy will be the Oilers' best defenseman.
0: Giddy up. There you go. That's our player grade for today, brought to you by Star Mechanical. And now, Liam, yesterday we fired up the trade machine for the first time. Mm-hmm. If you missed it, it's brought to you by our friends at AMA Travel. Head to amatravel.ca slash dreams. They basically have a vacation machine there, and it's very cool. Um, yesterday, we did Nylander for Soros, and you all told me I was insane, that Toronto wasn't giving up enough. What I say is I don't make it up. The trade machine does. So how about that? Uh, today, we're going with a deal, a blockbuster between Colorado and Philadelphia. Liam, the Avalanche use the LTIR money that they could have or that they're going to get from Gabe Landeskog and they get Kevin Hayes from Philadelphia. They also get a third round pick and to Philly, it's Sam Girard and Colorado's 2024 first round pick. Who says no to this deal, Liam?
2: I actually don't know if either team would say no. I think this benefits both teams very, very well, especially like for Colorado, you get that top six piece with Landis in there next season and Nachushkin, we don't really know. I think that really fills a big hole for them and, and increases their chances of getting back to the Stanley Cup finals. Again, obviously losing Sam Gerard, like doesn't make their defense any better, but I think their defense is strong overall that you can sacrifice a player like that. And Philadelphia, they got a younger defenseman and a first round pick. Like, I actually think this is a very realistic trade more. I think this one's better than yesterday. I'll be honest. I'll give you an A on my grading for this one.
0: So Colorado's blue line, Sam Gerrard, he can play both sides. He's got four more years at five million bucks. He doesn't have a ton of value, but also Kevin Hayes is expensive. Only scored 18 goals this Uh year. Philly wants to get rid of him. I, I think the first and the third, I think you could almost take those out of it. Cause Keith Jones was talking with Frank on his new podcast, frankly speaking about how they want to build from the blue line out. If you want to build from the blue line out, Sam Gerard's a good place to start Colorado. If they bring back Eric Johnson on a short term, low money deal, their right side next year could be McCarr Johnson and they have Bowen Byram. And then they have Taves, Josh Manson on the left side. Like, Sam Gerrard's kind of a piece they don't really need. Philly wants defense. They want to save a little bit of money. They would get a first round pick in this deal. I think maybe what I would do in hindsight is upgrade the third to a second. But again, you have to remember, Colorado's first is going to be late and Philly's pick is going to be early in all likelihood. So no, I keep it like this. I think it's a 2024 first in Gerard for Kevin Hayes and a third. And that is the deal. Sergeant Battle likes it. GSM says Colorado easily rejects. Bro, they need forwards next year. What's Valeri Nachushkin up to? Doesn't seem like anything good. What's Gabe Landeskog doing? Not playing next year. So GSM says Hayes isn't worth Gerard and a first. Well, you're getting a third back, and Gerard's contract hurts his value. Tyler Mulick asked why move on from him because you have Byron and, Byron and McCarr, and this is going to help your top six. Hayes fell a step behind. I think in a on a winning team, he's better. Um, Tyler Mulick yeah. says Philly already has four defense over five mil for next year. I think that's a fair point in all of this, but I also think they're trying to get a fresh look there. Tony D'Angelo and John Tortorella didn't get along. They'll probably look to move on from D'Angelo heading into the last year of his deal. Rasmus Ristolainen sucks, so I don't really think he's much of a factor. And there's talk that they might try to trade Ivan Provorov still this offseason. So again, I, I think this is a deal that kind of fills a bit of a need for uh, for both sides on this. Anyways,
2: yeah, that's the trade I think today. the thing like, you addressed with the Philly blue line as well. A lot of those guys have been rumored to be, to be gone. Yeah. so I don't think those contracts really matter to Philadelphia at all. They, they want a fresh start. This franchise isn't where it wants to be right now. And if you bring in new faces, you got to think they want to have an impact on the lineup as well. So yeah, I don't think this is that crazy Tyler.
0: I don't think it's that crazy either. People saying us uh, or Odin says CC and Yamo for Manson. Tyler Mulek says, fine, connect me to the Oilers. Hey, I'd be all in on the Oilers hey. getting Travis Konechny. Two more years <laughs> at 5.5. If you can make the money work, hell yeah.
2: Maybe that's a, Maybe that's a future mock trade for down the road, Tyler. I'll give you a week to think about that one.
0: <laughs> we'll be firing up the trade machine for the next 35 shows, or 34 shows, whatever number we are at here. Uh, there's our trade machine for today, b- brought to you by AMA Travel. Uh, quickly, before we go, tonight in the sports world, Jay's trying to avoid a third straight loss. Liam, are you backing them on Betway? They're going up against Garrett Cole, the Yankees' ace. Uh,
2: No, I will not be backing them yeah. on Betway. But wasn't somebody kicked out of the game yesterday for the Yankees for cheating? It's two games in a row the Yankees have been called cheating now. Classic Yankees. The, Yanke-
0: the Yankees do be cheating, though. And, yeah, Domingo yep. uh, German was thrown out for having a sticky substance, which the uh, the umpire after the game, because in baseball, the umpire does a post-game media avail.
2: Liam, how about that? Oh, that is weird. <laughs> uh,
0: but But he said, quote, it was the stickiest hand I ever felt. Hell of a quote there. Not quite as good as... <laughs> At this stage in my life, I don't invest in green bananas. I'm not sure if I'm going to be long around, or around long enough to see them ripen to be yellow. So, yeah, Ken Holland giving us a real treat today. Uh, people days, speculating. Tyler Mulick says Yamo is such a Tortorella guy. Yeah, I I could kind of see that. Uh, Davin says, I want the party machine. And we'll end with that. Ken Holland called the Stanley Cup a party machine. That was great.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ken. I Like I said off the top, I actually loved his press conference today. That man was fired up about everything. So, awesome. yes, he is. He was devastated and very passionate. Thanks, Uncle Ken, for that one.
0: All right, big shout out to everyone who watched along today uh, with the show. We'll be back tomorrow, noon Mountain Time. Fire up the trade machine. We'll give out another player grade, which I think it's Cody Cece tomorrow, right?
2: Uh... Yeah, because you don't have a number four since they retired it for the Cowboy.
0: Yeah, and no three. So it is CC. Giddy up for that one. What percentage will we throw on CeCe being back next year? You'll have to watch tomorrow's show to find out. Big shout out to the Sports Closet. Every day live from the Sports Closet studio. Short for the Giants, Star Mechanical, AMA Travel, and Betway 19+. Please play responsibly. Liam, we'll chat again tomorrow, buddy.
2: I'll see you there.